You're listening to Forecast, the marketing podcast for professional services leaders. If you're looking to generate more leads, win more deals, and take your firm to the next level, this show is your shortcut. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Ahmed Munawar, founder and chief marketing officer at Boutique Growth, where we help professional services firms build actionable marketing plans so they can generate more leads and win more business. In this lesson, we're going to look at the five calls to action that you can make on your website. And if you missed the previous two installments in this series on websites, you want to go back and check those out at forecast.fm slash website. In part one, we talked about a five-step process that you can use to turn website visitors into leads. And in part two, we looked at the four most important pages on your website and how you can optimize them to generate more leads from your website. And finally, now in this third and final installment, we'll look at five specific types of calls to action that you can use to get people who land on your website to take action, to do something that indicates that they're interested in working with you. Before we get into that, if you haven't yet joined us inside our free course on the five P's of lead generation for professional services firms, that is something you're going to want to do pretty soon. Inside the course, you will get access to five videos where I'll walk you through the process of generating a flood of new business for your firm. The crash course is 100% free of charge and you can get immediate access over at 5leadgen.com and you can spell out five or use the number, either one works. That's 5leadgen.com. So let's dive right in. The first call to action that you can make on your website is some kind of a download. There are many different types of downloads, many different formats and approaches and strategies that you can employ here. And if you've been on the internet for any amount of time, you've probably seen a lot of these in play. So things like downloadable PDF reports, things like case studies, things like ebooks, guides. I mean, there's all kinds of terminology that you can use here, but the point is something that, that a buyer can download when they go to your website and, you know, they're kind of interested and they, they see what you do, they like what you have to say, and they want to kind of take the next step. They can download something concrete. Uh, they can download a PDF. You can send them a link to it, to their email address, and they can kind of sink their teeth into something with a little bit more substance. Now, this download strategy can work really, really well, but the problem is it's a bit overused. This is kind of the the default lead magnet that people will use on their website. So you'll see it quite commonly on many different types of websites, including professional services websites. And as a result, it's harder to make this offer now because people have seen it time and time again, you know, and they've kind of gotten used to downloading the report and then unsubscribing from the list. So for you, it doesn't really do you a whole lot of good. There's still benefit in getting that, that report in people's hands because they may still come back to you, but you also want them to get onto your list and the report can be a challenging way to do that. But it has to be mentioned here because it is extremely powerful if it's done right. The thing is, to do it right, you got to do a couple of things well. First of all, it's got to be very, very specific, right? So you can't say, you know, the ultimate guide to doing X. You know, that used to work really, really well, but we've seen so many ultimate guides now that it's kind of hard to make that kind of offer. Unless you're in a space where no one's doing this and that would be something that would be novel that they haven't seen before, then it could work. But by and large, you want to be as specific as possible. You want to tell people exactly what they're going to get through this content. You want to make a promise that your content is going to deliver on. 
And the second thing is it should be short. So chances are your buyers don't have a lot of time in the world and they're not uh, they're not looking to sink their teeth into a 20, 30, 40, 50 page report because ain't nobody got time for that, right? So you want to make it as short as possible. Deliver on your promise. Deliver on that specific outcome that you promised through the content. But make it short and sweet, right? Make it easy for me to consume this thing. Make it easy for me to get the big picture idea that you're trying to communicate. And the thing is, remember that it's in your best interest that they consume this, right? So if you give them too much information, if you give them too much content, then they're less likely to consume it, which means they're less likely to want to engage you or take the next step towards hiring you. So you want to design this in such a way that they're very likely to consume it, make it really easy for them to consume it, because if they do, then they're right where you want them to be. The second type of call to action you can make is an online course. So this is kind of like download 2.0, right? You want to go beyond the report. You want to go beyond the PDF or the ebook or the guide, and you want to create more of an interactive and ongoing learning experience for the buyer. Now, this can be done in a number of ways. Certainly, my online course, The 5 Ps of Lead Generation, is a video course. It started off as an audio course, and now it's got video, audio, and text, but you don't need to go that far. You can do any one of the three. You can always start off with a text-based course that could be delivered just via email, and that's a very popular option, the email autoresponder. So you sign up for the course, and you get a series of emails dripped out into your inbox over time, and that could almost be the same content or similar content that you would have packaged into a PDF, but instead of just throwing everything at everybody in the PDF in that one shot and hoping they read it, you drip it out over time via email. It makes them more likely to consume it. And from a learner's perspective, it's easier for them to consume the content in bite-sized chunks and understand it and internalize it, which is ultimately in your best interest. So that's the basic idea behind an online course is you take a topic that you could have packaged into a PDF or a report and you extend it out over time and you drip it out via email, whether it's text audio or video, that's a detail, but you extend that out over time and you make it more of a learning experience than a simple download. One of the big benefits of this online course approach is that if somebody downloads something or opts into your list, that instead of just showing up in their inbox once, you now have multiple excuses to show up in their inbox because you're following through on the promise that you made them. Now, the way that you want to approach building an online course like this is think about what's the one topic that your buyers would most likely respond to, that they're, they're thinking about it, they're interested in it. It'll create some top of funnel awareness for you, but also what's the topic that will educate your buyers to want to do business with you. Chances are you can educate your buyers on a lot of things. You could teach a lot of different things, but all topics aren't created equal. There are some topics that are critical to your approach, critical to the way that you do things, that once buyers understand those topics, they understand those concepts, they're in a position where they're ready to make a buying decision that heavily leans towards you. And that's what you want to focus on in an online course. The third type of call to action is a resource library or some kind of membership offering. So you might get to a point where you have a lot of different offers, right? You've got maybe a few different PDFs, a few different downloads, resource guides, case studies, eBooks. Maybe you've got an online course or two or three, and then you've got this package of things that you could offer, and you can make those offers as individual calls to action, individual downloads or opt-in offers. That's certainly a possibility, and that can work. And I won't say or, but and or, you could package all of that into a resource library. So you take the aggregate of all of those offers and package them into one offer so that when you opt into this resource library, you get these 
five ebooks or these three courses or these various audio video resources. So the package creates value. And as a buyer, as a visitor to your website, I see the value in this content in the aggregate. And I think to myself, you know what? I don't know what I need here exactly, but it looks like a pretty sweet deal. So I'm going to opt in just in case I need some of this down the road. The fourth type of call to action you can make is what's called a content upgrade. And this is really a contextual call to action. So on your blog, if you write a blog post on a particular topic and that topic lends itself to something like a worksheet or a checklist or a questionnaire, and these are some of the common types of content upgrades, then what you do is you make that offer at the end of the blog post or even somewhere down the middle, wherever it may be. But in the blog post, you say, hey, if you're interested in this topic, if this is something that is on your mind, if you're struggling with this, then we've got this additional bonus resources you can download that'll help you solve this problem. Click here to download, and then they get sent to a landing page or a pop-up where they can download it. So that can be a very effective way to get a little bit more juice out of the content you're already producing, whether it's video, audio or text and get people to take action if they're interested in that topic because it's a contextual call to action and it'll have a pretty high conversion rate compared to other types of call to action. Finally, the fifth call to action that you can make, and this is the easiest one, and if you haven't done any of the above, then this is the one that you should be making at some level, it's to ask for a conversation. However you package it, it could be a, a free call or a coaching call or a strategy session or a consultation, discovery session, scoping session. There's a million different words you can use, but at the very least, you want to be making that call to action. It's generally going to get a much lower conversion rate than the other types that we talked about. Online courses, downloads, resources, content upgrades. Those are going to get a higher opt-in rate because they're less intimate. They're less personal. They're less of a commitment on the part of the buyer. And then when somebody does that, you can nurture them into a conversation. But at the very least, if you do nothing else, then this kind of conversation type call to action needs to be somewhere on your website because that's likely the next thing that you want people to do if they want to engage you and work with you. So those are the five calls to action you can make on your website. Just to wrap up again, the first is some kind of a downloadable PDF, report, case study, something that you can send to them in their inbox. They can download it and they can read it and consume it. The second is an online course, which takes the same idea of a download or a PDF and extends it over time to create more of a learning experience. The third is a resource library or a membership offering where you take a bunch of content, a bunch of downloads, a bunch of reports, and you package them into one resource library opt-in offer. The fourth is a content upgrade. So you take an individual blog post or a podcast episode or a video and you say, hey, if you're interested in this, I've got something that'll help you take the next step via checklist, resource guide, worksheet, questionnaire, what have you. And finally, the fifth, and this is the bare minimum, if you do nothing else, you should have at least this one call to action on your website, which is, hey, let's have a conversation. Let's get on the phone. Let me help you with this and let's talk one-on-one. -on -one. So again, if you want access to the entire tutorial on websites, you can head over to forecast.fm slash website. That's forecast.fm slash website. And on that page, you'll find all the episodes in this series neatly laid out for you. Finally, if you haven't yet subscribed to the show in iTunes, I don't know what your problem is. I just don't know, you know, what I need to do what I need to say to get you to subscribe to the show. I mean, tell me, tell me what I need to do. Tell me how I can get you to subscribe to my show on iTunes. If that's not enough of a used car salesman pitch, I don't know what it is. I'm just joking. But if you subscribe to the show, it'll show up right there in your feed in iTunes or whatever your podcast player of choice is. If you're on Android, if you're one of those people, then I'm sure there's something. 
go to that podcast player of choice, iTunes, Google Play, whatever, search for forecast marketing and the search box there, find the show, you'll find a blue graphic that says forecast at the bottom. Click on it, hit subscribe. While you're at it, leave us a rating and a review because it helps more people discover the show and I would be very grateful. Thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.